Welcome to Is This Anime? I am your quote-unquote anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And join us once again is Raylan Carson. Raylan, how are you? Hey, hey, I'm good, I'm good. I'm pretty sure that was the same intro I did last time. Uh, everyone, go, <laughs> everyone, go back to our incredible uh, live-action One Piece uh, free-for-all. That was a fantastic wow. episode. We, uh, speaking yeah. of One Speaking of One Piece, we have some news. It seems there's casting going on, uh, or at least people are reading into every goddamn follow to create the showrunner. <laughs> I know, Raylan and I were just like, oh my god, there's a new casting rumor. This one lady <laughs> might be Nico Robin. And then you and I discussed it and gave our thoughts. And then a couple hours later, I'm like, oh, the, the quote-unquote source is just that the, the showrunner <laughs> followed someone. <laughs> I love... I love oh how everyone God. is just so desperate to get news that they're just reading into <laughs> yeah. the falls. It's like, bro, dude's like, you know, the, Matt Owens is only like a year or two older than me, which which makes me feel very sad. Because uh, <laughs> why am I not show running a manga adaptation? Uh, <laughs> you could be. And you will I, be. You never know. You know, I'm, I'm just two years away from running the live action Jujutsu Kaisen uh, <laughs> Netflix series. Put it out there. Wild. I That'd love it. Well. Yeah. Put that um, energy out. You never know. You never, never fucking know. know. But um, yeah, Matt Owens was just like following some girls that look kind of like Nico Robin. And it's like, I don't know, man. Maybe he's just like a dude who likes to follow attractive women on Instagram. You can't read into yeah. all of this shit. <laughs> exactly. People are like, well, she has light eyes and dark hair. You never know. But who knows? She's maybe, too maybe. young. She's way that's, too young. That's your take. But then again, like, I. I the age what do you mean that's my take? Hey, everyone's sure got a take. She's, she's literally oh, no. like, I think, the same age as the actor that is playing um, Luffy. Oh, is she? I didn't even, I didn't even look. They're like very similar. Okay. Very similar. Because like Emily Rudd And she's is... supposed to be older. She's supposed to be like my age. Well, she's supposed to be technically, I think, late 20s is what Robin's supposed to be. But I mean, that's the thing. Like Emily Rudd is like the age for Robin. She just doesn't look it. So that's when it gets confusing. Cause it's like Emily Rudd is technically 10 years older than Nami. Um, but you know, we're but just not looks gonna... younger than both of them, <laughs> both Nami and looks like she could be the same age as freaking, unless yeah. they maybe age her a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess the question for how they handle Robin, who, as you noted, is the most attractive woman to ever exist. Oh, um, God. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a question of how they're gonna handle her, but you know, there's nothing stopping them from casting someone younger if they feel that the actress is best suited. And also, I think there's the reality of that show being a time commitment. I think now it looks like Netflix is, you know, against what Malcolm said. You know, I think they actually are going to adapt as much as they fucking can. I mean, I think they do see that eight year, eight season future. Oh, so, well, especially since they announced the, the remake of the show, mm -hmm. I think the. I think the One Piece remake was the best indicator of how well the show did because they would not be oh, committing yeah. to that unless they had the numbers. Well, it is, I think, the like yeah. top selling like manga series. And they're willing to remake the entire anime from scratch. I mean, that tells <laughs> just, you. That's also wild to me. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? Well, it makes sense. Point? Like, well, to give it better animation and, you know, cut out all that terrible filler that makes the anime unwatchable. 
Oh, um, yeah, that's that's fair. The film didn't come till later seasons, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I guess the idea is that they want to start production now, so that when the regular anime series ends, they can just be like, "Hey, this is out in like six months, y'all." So, One Piece is never ending. It's never ending, folks. <laughs> uh, you get to suffer through the bad. Well, I wouldn't say bad animation because obviously the the Wano arc had good stuff, but Wano with its terrible, unwatchable pacing. You know, in 15 years, you'll get to watch a good version of that. <laughs> Look forward to it. <laughs> Can't uh, wait. <laughs> anyways, that was uh, your your One Piece check-in. We're not talking about One Piece, though, on this podcast. No! We're, we are talking about revolutionary girl Utena. Uh, this is one of my favorite... This is one of my favorite series. <laughs> I was always looking forward to covering it, but the issue was... You know, that I didn't want to fucking insane. <laughs> no, that's the positive. That's why you want to cover this show. Um, for me, I was just like, do I bring in a guest to just watch like five episodes of the show and make them go in blind and then make them watch the movie? And then you did me a favor when you just messaged me on Insta and was like, hey, I'm watching Revolutionary Girl Utena. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll wait for you to get to the movie for us to record this <laughs> podcast. Here we are now. <laughs> what a dream. What a what dream. A dream. Um, let's get into the history segments. I'd love to Actually, hear it. Absolutely. Uh, you're going to have some thoughts for sure. So this series, <laughs> uh, it was created by the production group Bay Papas, which was led by animation director Shinihiko Ikohara, who is also the lead director on Sailor Moon. Uh, so yeah, Whoa, I did not know that. The Sailor Moon connections are up front. Uh, very much so. So Ikuhara, he had been frustrated by the lack of creative control he had on Sailor Moon because uh, he was simply an animation director. He had not written the manga they were adapting it from. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to work on his own story. So he recruited manga artist Chihu Saito, character designer Shinya Hasegawa. Uh, Hasegawa had also worked on Evangelion, which we're going to talk a lot about Evangelion in this history segment. Oh. Scriptwriter uh, Yo- Yoji Inokido, whose credits mm-hmm. also include Evangelion, Fooly Cooly, and Bungo Stray Dogs, and planner Yuchiro Oguro. Um, we're going to talk mostly about uh, Saito and Ikuhara. Those are kind of the two main characters of the production of Utena. Ikuhara, he wanted Utena to be a mainstream shoujo hit. And uh, just for those uh, not in the know, shoujo means like girls' manga. Uh, shonen is for boys. Because uh, that's just how the phrasing is, and mm-hmm. shojo is for girls. They, it would be like saying uh, Marvel is for boys and DC is for girls. That's the uh, American. <laughs> beautiful, uh, beautiful, exactly. Um, but yeah, he wanted this to be a mainstream shojo hit that people will like and be profitable. The initial pitch focused on a group of female warriors called the Neo Alien Gansar. That's the only time I'm ever going to have to read that word, so who cares? Uh, And they battled (laughs) the end of the world. This, of course, was not the final version at all. It got much weirder. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. That probably would have been pretty good. I would have been pretty. I would have been pretty interested in that. <laughs> I'm sure you would, but would it have been as memorable? And would people have even told you to watch it? Maybe they would have just this, told you. This is true. <laughs> this is it true. Just, I'm like, hey, it already exists. It's called Sailor Moon. Um, <laughs> Utena. It was influenced by the Princess Knight and the Rose of Versailles, which were two shoujo manga series famous for their cross-dressing and sword-fighting uh, heroines. And Saito had stated that she was hired to join the otherwise all-male Bay Papas 
in part because they were concerned that without a female perspective that they would create a parody of shoujo manga, which was not their intention. So mm, interesting. Four, four dudes and a lady. Uh, and thankfully the lady did have a lot of influences. She was basically, uh, I would still say Utano was uh, Ikuharu's baby, but certainly Saito mm -hmm. was the one pushing back uh, the most and then pushing back in ways you would not expect because we'll get into that. Ikuhara's commercial ambitions quickly evaporated as he chose to include a variety of avant-garde elements into the series, such as the theatrical-inspired layouts, a recurring shadow play segment that comments on the events of each episode, and the experimental choral music, which, again, the score of the show is amazing. <laughs> I'll just sing that in the whole rest of you. You can take that clip and just put it in the background. <laughs> whole episode. Uh, as the direction of the series shifted away from its original commercial focus, production became what Ogoro described as a tug of war between Saito and Ikuhara. As Saito advocated for the original romantic concept for the series over Ikuhara's more esoteric vision. So this surprised me because I figured... Uh, mm. Saito uh, was going to be the one advocating for more experimental stuff. But no, it was actually the the male uh, lead of the show who wanted uh, the more... Uh, I don't want to diminish Saito, what Saito wanted, but uh, Ikuhara's more interesting concepts, I guess. Ikuhara and uh, Saito particularly quarreled over whether the series should depict the relationship between Utena and Anthe as a romance. And at one point during production, they did not speak to each other for three months. Uh, what? Yeah, Whoa. that's how bad it got. Uh, Saito was initially opposed not out of an ideological opposition to depicting a same-sex romance, but because she believed the mainstream shoujo audience the series was attempting to court would respond poorly to anything other than a male-female romance. Mm, interesting. That's what she said, at least. She was, she, her reasons are that she wanted to be true to the genre, or, or so she says. Uh, interesting, huh? Interesting. Don't agree. Don't agree. <laughs> Ikuhara would conceal the extent to which he intended to present Utena and Anthe's relationship as a romance from Saito throughout production. So he was kind of hiding it. Uh, until, of course, we get to the movie where uh, the subtext becomes text. Explicitly. Oh uh, Ikuhara had stated he wished for the series to have a sense of diversity in this regard and that the series' normalized depiction of same-sex couples serves to reinforce the core series' message of freedom of the self. The series' depiction of sexuality has been considered in relation to its subversion of fairy tale and magical girl tropes, as the trials Utena faces often occur in the context of efforts to pressure her into the quote unquote heroic heterosexuality and monogamy, which is typical of those genres. Hell uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, again, this show is a queer classic. Like, this is like one of the most notable mainstream, mainstream queer anime there is. Obviously, there, there's other ones. I'm not saying it's the only one but it's certainly one of the most iconic. Uh, the Utena manga, it ran from 1996 to 1998. The anime ran from April 2nd, 1997 to Christmas Eve of the same year. And the film released on August 14th, 1999. Ikuharu expressed a desire to create a film that heightened the themes and subject material of the original anime, saying he seeked to do a movie that I wasn't able to accomplish in the TV series. And jokingly stated he wished for adolescence of Utena to be more naughty than the TV series. So. <laughs> so again, he's, he's a horn dog. 
Uh, oh Lord, oh Lord. Uh, horn, horn dog with the best of intentions. It's still the '90s. You got to remember. <laughs> uh, Chiho Saito. She stated that the characters who weren't treated kindly in the TV show got attention. So I think the film was sympathetic in that regard. And Saito also advocated for a prominent role for Toga in the film, whose backstory is explored in greater detail compared to the TV series. And Ikuhara has stated that Toga's final scene of of the movie is Saito's favorite in the entire series. Yeah, she's a big Toga fan. And to be fair, I did like Toga quite a bit in the manga and film, at least. I didn't get a chance to rewatch the anime, uh, so I'm relying on you for for that. Uh, even though we're oh, well, we're not doing the recap well, of the anime, don't worry. We're just doing the recap of the film. But uh, any anime memories will be relegated to you. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> If you have stuff to say, if there's not, again, we're focusing, uh, the intent is to focus on the oh, film, yes. so it's all good. That's, that is fair. That is fair. The film, so fresh in my mind, yet so confusing after I'm, watching this series. <laughs> I'm there to assist you. Uh, so there have been multiple musical adaptations of Utena, the most recent of which was performed in 2019. Uh, A musical? Cool of course. There's, you know, there's been stage plays of one Wild. Lupin the Third. There's stage plays of everything. Uh, musicals are a big thing with uh, anime adaptations. Interesting. I would have to see this. I'd be intrigued. See how they, uh, I guess, do it on stage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it would be a truncated version of the events, of course, but mm-hmm. still very interesting. There was also a six-chapter manga follow-up uh, that ran from 2017 to 2018. I read it. Here's the thing about Utena. The the follow-up is, I guess, a sequel, but more a sequel to the manga and not explicitly to the movie. Uh, mm. Anthe basically doesn't appear in the manga, the sequel manga at all. It is mostly, it consists basically of three two-chapter arcs. Um, mm. So the, the first two chapters are focused on, uh, who is it, uh, Toga and Sayonji. Uh, the next one is focused on uh, Jury and the uh, God, I forgot the guy the guy whose name who the guy who's in love with his sister. What's his name again? Blue hair. The dude. one that's oh um, that is uh, Miki, right? Yeah, Miki gets the last one, and Miki's uh, chapters are bad uh, because they're like, oh, yes, no. fucking your sister is good. So. <laughs> Uh, that Utena's... is uh, interesting and horrendous. Uh, I, yes, that yeah. makes sense. I don't know. Good, good for Miki. I, I love how like the uh, the other two arcs are like so wonderful, and uh, you know Toga and even Sayonji, who's a terrible person, get some level of closure, and <laughs> Yuri, who is probably the the least bad of, uh, I guess, what do you call what do you call them they're not really the antagonists but whatever the uh the uh omori crew <laughs> the, the, uh, i don't know the, like uh i don't know what you would call that what do you call those characters uh otori crew uh, sorry not omori the uh, the otori crew i don't know they're oh uh God. they're characters that's what they are uh but yeah yuri who is the, the least bad of them and i did like toga a lot at least in what i've seen of toga recently and what i've covered on this interesting i'm not a fan of toga but also in the sh- i'm more basing this on the like show itself you For know? Sure. like what made show toga uh not good in your books 
Well, he was just this weird, creepy, manipulative man who, like, knew, like, played with the fact that his, like, not blood-related sister, um, like, was in love with him and, like, in in that way. (laughs) I mean... I, I, like guess did, I guess that didn't change either in, in either the manga or uh, the film, <laughs> but... Well, you don't see him being, like, incesty in the movie, though. He's, was, he, was he less incesty in the movie compared to the anime, at least? Yeah, because in the movie, he's hooking up, I thought, with um, uh, Jury's... Um, isn't it, like, Jury's... Oh, it's, friend, um, the one that she's in love with. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Shiori. Shiori. Yeah, yeah. Shiori. Uh, but we only see Nanami. Not, how do you say her name? Oh wait, Nanami. Not- is Nanami. Is Nanami. Um, is Toga's, Toga's sister. like sister, but you only see her as a cow in the thing. Okay, yeah, that's the other thing. Nanami. Um, that's one of the biggest changes because yeah, Nanami is basically not present in the manga at all. She's effectively an anime only character, and yeah, she only has oh. one scene, in, one scene in the film. So. Oh, which is like so wild to just throw that in. My brother watched this movie with me, and like never saw the show at all, and we were both so confused <laughs> the whole whole time. I was like, yeah, this wasn't really like in the sh- the show. Um, this is uh, kind of like the show, but this this part, I don't know what's happening right now. That was just the whole time. And my brother kept be like, what the fuck is, what the fuck is happening right now? Uh, I, think we're, I think we're ready to fully get into the plot of the movie. So just to make it easier, uh, this film is specifically a quote-unquote sequel to the anime, but <laughs> some characters' backstories, like like we just said, are different. Uh, specifically Toga, because we learned something about Toga that is uh, changes uh, pretty much everything we've known about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get into that. We're, we'll save it. Um, and even, uh, let's let's just start from the recap and we'll go into how okay. it is. So we open on bells ringing at Otorio Academy. We zoom mm-hmm. out in a glorious 3D shot to see Utena in shadow, and she has just been defeated. And then... Here we are, Otori Academy. You can definitely see the money that this movie had because the movie looks glorious. Like, it looks so fucking good, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I like the way that they did the school of, like, all the things moving around. And I yeah, like with- the setup of the school. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, I mean, th- this is still early 3D being used in animation, but it looks fantastic. And particularly mm-hmm. with the U- Utena uh, art direction, which, again, is so fucking weird. It's, it's like MC extra... <laughs> You know, stair stairways that uh, appear yeah. upside down and sideways. Uh, you know, well, my brother was saying because he was looking this up that there's like three different artists did like, or no, five different artists did like five different sections like by themselves for this whole thing. Like, created their own like I don't know how to explain it. It was like five different people worked on this film. Yeah, that like, like five- did not. <laughs> with each other oh god i so mean it's very chaotic in my opinion 
I mean, Ikuharu is still credited as the main director. So I think it was like probably like five supervisors who were probably given a lot of freedom, but Ikuharu was still overseeing the entire thing. Oh, yeah. But it was but still it, just wild. <laughs> but it is funny because I, I was reading on Wikipedia that like uh, the color grading for the scenes would change uh, randomly and like some scenes would be mono- monochrome and then they would change it at the yeah. last minute. Uh, again, but here's the thing: Utena can get away with that because because of the unreality of it. Like the color grading and scenes yeah. is inconsistent, but you just kind of roll with it because this show is gorgeous and artistic and weird. And if you're not already in, uh, then you know just get the fuck out. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, let's let's step back in because there's so much more that I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Anyways, continue. I, I think another thing, I mean, I guess we kind of have to mention this. The the anime Utena ends with Utena being defeated. So that's the other thing that this movie is uh, picking up right after. The heroine loses. Yeah. And she effectively, uh, again, c- correct me if I'm wrong, but the kind of way it's played is she's almost punished for rejecting heterosexuality. Is that how you felt about the anime ending, at least? Yeah, I guess so, in a sense, Yeah. Yeah, she loses to Akio. Yeah, it was just, I think there was so much going on that I, like, I don't even know. I would have to, like, rewatch it again, I think, to, like, fully be able to confirm that. But I feel like that is true. Or at least how it's played. But then here's the other idea. Even though Utena loses, Anthony uh, is the one who kind of gets liberated. And that's what we're really Mm going to talk about. Because, yeah, Utena, she loses in the anime series, but Anthe is basically liberated of both Utena and Akio, which mm-hmm. is what leads to where this narrative goes and why I think uh, we're almost doing it a disservice, I feel. Listen, the show's wacky. We're going to say it's wacky and silly and weird. <laughs> but I do think when you start to break it down, like we'll do on this podcast, it is pretty beautiful what the actual message is. Yeah, I think for myself, though, it was hard for me to fully jump into this film because I had just watched the series. And then I'm like watching and I don't. I'm like, okay, so we're opening back uh, up on Utena and she's now butch but she also has no idea what the rose bride is and like that's where never... it gets confusing that's and where then it does. also like kind of a sassy little bitch like what the what the hell is happening like so dramatically different i think get... if i had watched the film first it would have been more enjoyable for me <laughs> Interesting, because yeah, the continuity is kind of weird because it's simultaneously a sequel, but then the characters seemingly don't have knowledge of what yeah. they've already experienced. Yeah, it was like they did a compressed version of what they kind of wanted it to be, but it like there was like so it went so fast. And you know, uh, and and this is where uh, it's funny because this film comes out two years after End of Evangelion which is kind of a similar anime film. End of Evangelion explicitly takes af- takes place after uh, the television series Neon Genesis Evangelion. Mm, and yeah. it's quite clear that, yeah, this is the sequel. It's linear, blah, blah, blah. Even though the last two episodes of Ava don't make a ton of fucking sense. It's basically like, this is a sequel to episode 24, not 25 and 6. Uh, <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that when we cover Ava. Um, 
We will someday, but uh, I mean, Ava makes fucking Utena seem like uh, fucking uh, two plus two. Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that like th- these are both kind of sequels to the series, and Utena does the kind of reboot sequel thing, and then Evangelion mm. uh, about a decade later does the rebuild series, which are supposedly remakes of the Evangelion films until it becomes very clear that they're sequels. Uh, oh, interesting. Which again, those those films are interesting in their own right. And I would argue the the final of the four rebuilds makes them all worth it, even if the other three are uh less good in quality. Um <laughs> okay. but that's also okay. a thing where like the series is basically like these events have happened, but it's still new to the characters because they're kind of just re-experiencing it over and over again. So <laughs> maybe uh, Fuck, man. I'm already getting cross-eyed trying to explain this. Uh, but who knows? <laughs> the, the, maybe Utena has gone through both the manga and the anime, which leads to the film, if that makes sense. Anyways, we're just going to have to move the fuck on. Uh, <laughs> Utena, she's got her short uh, new haircut, which I dig. Uh, she's greeted by... Super Wakaba. mask. Hell yeah. Hell yeah she's got because, that mask vibe. Because again, after having her defeat, she's like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Hell yeah. Uh, the radio host. Not who she are... remembers any of that. Sorry. <laughs> she does and she doesn't. Uh, there's, there's no answer. Uh, Raylan is just going to have to show up to, to the B-Papa's crew and ask them. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say uh, in Japanese, they're going to say, who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the answer. Well, True. Why is this continuity so unclear. Uh, who cares? Just watch the movie and enjoy it. <laughs> uh, the radio hosts, who are amazing characters, they set the stage for the movie. At the fencing club, uh, Yuri defeats Mickey, and Yuri now is going by the prince. Uh, Utena spots Toga, and it... Oh, do you want to go uh, into Yuri? Well, I just wanted to also go back to the fact of, like, um, how do I pronounce her name? Uh, uh, the the best yeah waka wakaba wakaba and how like more uh horny utana is towards her is very satisfying and very funny (laughs) i didn't even notice that so what really okay like for the first one like she's like utana's like yeah like I'm happy if there's like beautiful girls like you around or something oh, okay. like that. Because she just moved to the school, right? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, yeah. She's like trying to be all like horny towards her for once. Whereas like in the show, she's like kind of uh, aloof ish. Yeah, that's fair. Again, uh, the, 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 <laughs> The horniness creeps up in in the reboot, cool, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just very funny as like one of the first lines out of the movie for me, anyway. for sure. Because again, these characters are no longer the same. They have experienced yeah. what they experienced, whether they uh, remember everything consistently. Uh, yeah. We just have to get around that fact. We don't want to be here for three fucking hours mentioning it. <laughs> um, anyways, Utana she spots Toga and is stunned uh, because again, the whole plot with Utana and Toga is that you know. Is Toga the real um, uh, prince she was looking for? And the uh, the anime and manga play around with that. And uh, mm-hmm. this film takes its own thing. Toga confronts uh, Utena over their past. And he reconfirms that this is a sequel to the anime. 
I, I wish I wrote the fucking line down, but he does reconfirm it. Uh, Utena says after they separated, she said she'd leave with high goals. And then Utena spots a white rose, which causes red petals to flow all over the academy. She walks all the way up to the top to see a red rose garden. Anthe greets her and asks if she's afraid. And Anthe asks why Utena came to this academy. And Anthe sees Utena's mark of the rose and tries to grab it. Mm-hmm. And Utena is then confronted by a uh, first boss, Sionji. Sionji, who fucking sucks. Oh my god, but like the expressions, like how they did his face and expressions in the film, I thought was like so much more realistic and better suitable to him as opposed to the uh, uh, anime series. Yeah, again, they got that money to just... uh, Oh yeah, his eyes were so wild and I loved it. Yeah, uh, Utena puts on her Mark of the Rose and they duel. Sionji, being the jerk that he is, smacks Anthe. Sionji, again, who f- just fucking sucks. Uh, yep. Utena is disarmed, but Anthe kisses her and comes out with a sword from Anthe's chest. So again, the power of homosexuality giving her a sword. Oh, yeah. We, we fucking love it. Uh, Which is wild, because like I thought the Rosebud could only give a sword to the um her like the winner what was it? the winner like the king or whatever whoever the what's the term is it it's the rosebud's uh, partner <laughs> what, yeah, what do whoever, they call it whoever wins her i guess but she doesn't even yeah. need to win her at this point because she can just do it now because yeah. clearly <laughs> the power of gayness and also the fact that this has already happened before <laughs> the power <laughs> of gay Listen, there is no subtext in this movie. This that's that's what makes this movie, uh, I would say, so much more satisfying because they can just fucking say it. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. Uh, strikes Sionji and defeats him. Anthe makes a move on Utena, but she isn't having it yet. Uh, then we see the blue-haired twins bathe together. Uh, the the power <laughs> of inc- <laughs> the power of incest, everyone. The power of incest. Well. Uh, Sorry, quickly going back. Anthe, when she makes the move uh, in, like, uh, Utena's place, that's when we see this, like, other side kind of of Anthe, where it's, like, was kind of a little bit in the show, but, like, this is, like, more extreme version, which I thought was very interesting. I kind of preferred Anthe being a little bit more reserved, to be honest with you, but... It worked well, like, for the show. But again, that's the thing. Because this is a sequel, uh, and the fact that Anthe is the mm-hmm. one who seems to be most aware of the events of the past, that that's why she has the benefit of hindsight. That's why she does mm. get to be more upfront because she's like, okay, I know where this is going and I'm just going to you know, use my own agency and take what I want. So it, it's, a more, it's a different character because she's experienced this stuff in the past and mm. what Utena did at the end of the anime uh, inspired her and changed her. So like, it's the reversal, true, true, really. True. It's the reversal. True, true, true. It's the reversal of what the series did, you know. Uh, it's, in the, it's wild. It's wild stuff. It makes more sense if you talk <laughs> about it, which is the purpose of this podcast. Uh, meanwhile, Shiori gets naked and grows butterfly wings uh, for metaphorical reasons, oh. I guess. <laughs> I was like, "What is happening right now?" That was wild. <laughs> I think that really that that was one part where it really threw me off. I didn't really understand what was happening there, but uh, yeah, that really threw me off. 
Yeah, it, it happens. Uh, it doesn't really play much of a role. Uh, but hey, it's uh, something for Shiori to do. Uh, I think Shiori... that was also just like for the artwork aspect, that's all. They did <laughs> say they wanted more naughtiness. They they did say okay. that. I'm just saying. Naughtiness is uh, moths. Okay, or butterflies. <laughs> well, naked, naked butterflies, I guess. This is true. This is true. That's what I always <laughs> think of. <laughs> Uh, Shiori, she asked Toga to win the duel and punish Yuri. Also, it seems to be implied that Toga was sexually assaulted by his father, uh, which is also really fucked up. Yeah. Uh, but that was also, like, that was in the show, too. Okay. Or, no, it was something in the show. Yeah, okay. No, I think there was something in the in the TV show where, like, the dad wasn't that, like, good to him, so it kind of played into it, but, yeah, the whole... It wasn't his dad, though. Like, it, this guy, like, bought him. Oh, okay. I thought it was his dad just from what I watched. So it was someone well, else then. So or... He gets bought, right? So in the in the series, I think it's, like, just, like, a stepdad. Like, they're both adopted. Him and oh. um, Nanami. Okay. And uh, I think in this one, it kind of dives into the fact that, like... It, he was sold because his buyer wanted him with long hair. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. And see, you're helping me out just as much as uh, I am you. But again, and that Darth also really threw me off. But again, though, this is the, uh, the the luxury the movie has, where it gets to make the subtext uh, completely explicit. Where it's like, yeah, uh, Toga is a victim of sexual assault. So. Again, I'm 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 much more sympathetic to Toga here. I think he's the least bad of uh, the uh, the academy characters, and I guess yeah, Yuri. But, I mean, but I guess Yuri, but Yuri doesn't do enough to be bad. Yeah, Yuri doesn't, and Yuri becomes a friend in the end. Uh, Shiori at one point, uh, she also <laughs> draws the uh, the cartoon crocodile dude on Toga. I forget the cro- the crocodile's name, but he's uh he's like Choo Choo. He's one of the the Choo Choo buddies. Uh, I know I was kind of sad that Choo Choo was only in it for a moment during the cow scene I know he's only there for Nanami Uh, anyways Shiori confronts Yuri and tells her to beat Utena we then get a musical scene where Utena and Anthony finally have a dance Uh, that's Mm -hmm. gorgeously animated of course that was Uh, very well done it's beautiful the other again we get another naughty scene where Anthony sketches Utena in a way that that keeps no secrets. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> I was like, "What is happening in this scene?" Like, yeah. I felt like it, it. To me, at first, it was just kind of like, "What is happening?" Because like, all of a sudden, they're just like, in they're in like art class, but they get to go do what it wherever they want. Like, are all the other kids just going <laughs> stripping down naked for this? Like, what is what? Maybe uh, I just never had that. Maybe I'm just jealous because I never had um, that uh, sexual queer awakening when I was younger. <laughs> and and now you I'm also, like, well, I could have had this. What? And you also didn't go to a school that may or may not exist in the apocalypse. This is true. God, if uh, only. If only you existed in a school that exists in the apocalypse. And also, if you lose a duel, <laughs> you repeat the entire thing. Uh, multiple <laughs> times over, and your memories get jumbled up. So, what a it's treat! Like, it's like the beach that makes you old. It's just like sometimes you show up <laughs> and you go to a weird academy that makes you repeat your memories <laughs> until you get it right and uh, embrace 
being extra gay. I don't fucking yeah. know. We're still gotta talk about I, this movie. <laughs> sorry. That's why we have you on. Uh, so yeah, uh, Anthe then strips down, and it's revealed that the paintings here are also nude paintings of Anthe. Although the context of these paintings is a lot more fucked up, as we'll get to later. <laughs> uh, yes. We see a quote-unquote scandalous videotape. Uh, it's Best Girl Anonymy, who is a cow, and Choo Choo and the Crocodile Guy. Uh, but the real scandalous tape uh, is, is much less fun. It's of Anthe's brother, Akio, who... I know I said Sionji is the worst, but no. Uh, Akio is truly the, oh. one of the worst fucking characters to ever exist. 100%. 100%. He was already creepy in the anime, and then oh, this movie is like, yeah. oh yeah, no, he's he's not just creepy creepy, he is literally one of the worst fucking human beings to exist. Yeah, no, he's the worst. He is the worst out of everyone. Um, so we cut straight to Utena fighting Yuri, and guess what? Akio is dead. And uh, why is he dead? It's because he attempted to drug... Well, he didn't just attempt. He succeeded. Uh, he drugged Anthe and raped her. And then when she woke up, uh, he, he what? He stabs her in the... No, she stabs him in the heart. And then but he she felt... Didn't it say she... I'm pretty sure didn't think she was awake the whole time. He's, like, confused by something. He's, like, trying to find a key or something. Yeah, he's he's kind of like, wait, you, you weren't awake? I thought I succeeded in drugging and raping you and then she's like oh no oh no uh i'm still awake and i'm not sure if it's just her recovering from the drug quicker or if this was a, a plan she had because this version of anthe uh is more willing to take agency uh, i'm not gonna bother to answer that fucked up question but yep <laughs> what happens is akio does again the worst fucking thing you could to his sister and then mm-hmm. uh she stabs him and he falls to his death uh, and rightfully so, because fuck off. Thank Akio. goodness. Thank goodness. Uh, Utena then tries to find Anthe, and a sign tells her that all engaged couples must wait in the back. And then Toga escorts <laughs> yeah. Utena uh, down in an elevator. Uh, they have like a conversation in there, and she's talking about the. Uh, person that she saw in the boat drown or whatever and uh he he had like gone out there to save and was it anthe that was in the boat so i am like no so basically no worries because this is a confusing movie of course uh yeah (laughs) Yeah. see she searches for anthe and she finds toga and she suddenly remembers that toga is the prince referenced by shiori and that he died while saving Yuri from drowning when they were children. And Utena thanks Toga for being her prince, and he vanishes. And also, uh, let me correct myself, because uh, again, my this movie is so weird that I don't even trust my own notes. Uh, <laughs> Anthe did not stab Akio. Uh, Akio attempted to stab uh, Anthe and then fell to his death, because mm-hmm. he just fucking sucks, so he can't even... Uh, uh, again, fuck that guy. Uh, truly one yes, of the worst people 100%. to exist. Um, 100%. So yeah, getting back to uh, the confusion of this movie, guess what? Toga's been a ghost the whole time we've seen him. <laughs> yeah, that's... I was like, what? It's <laughs> oh, so beautiful. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Well, in the beginning, I, it seemed like he was a ghost. 
you know, in the beginning, it kind of seemed like when he was a ghost, when she was, like, going to the Rose Garden, because she was, like, running, and then he wasn't really there, and then she's running, and then he's kind of there, and then she's running again, and she finally catches up to him, and I was like, is he a ghost? And then I was like, oh, maybe he's not a ghost, and then at the end, I was like, he was a ghost. <laughs> well, then he's still, with, we still see him with Shiori, so it would make sense if Toga was the ghost, if the only scenes we saw him with were with uh, Utena, but then we uh, don't, we see him with other characters, which Mm-hmm. Gets extra was, confusing. Yeah, I think a lot of them though were more flashbacks while he was talking to Shiori, and I think she—I don't know if she's—is she alive? Uh, no, there, she's the one that. Wait, was she the one that fell into the lake? No, Yuri's the one who fell into the lake, and Toga Yuri's, saved her. Wait, so she's a ghost? No, Yuri's alive. Toga's the ghost. Toga died. Oh, Toga died. Okay, Toga died. Yeah, yeah. Oh Lord! Let, so I think we just got to move on. I think uh, the the toga the toga takes we got to move on. But anyways, uh, congrats to Toga for actually being a pretty decent person. Sorry, uh, now I'm thinking I'm like I know I don't I know you want to move on, but I'm like okay, what did Shiori do in the show? Because maybe yeah. she died in the show, and I can't remember now. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, Utena meets with Anthe, <laughs> and she finds herself being absorbed by a car wash. This is. By far one of the most. <laughs> this is when my brother was really confused. <laughs> and he should be because people still are confused by this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, Utena is a show that's riffing on the magical girl genre. It of course uh, came, uh, you know, it's Sailor Moon directly leads to the creation of this because uh, Ikuhara wanted his own thing. And instead of uh, Utena just getting a new, more powerful magical girl form, she turns into a hot rod. <laughs> that was wild. My God. I was like, how are they going to incorporate the car, weird car stuff that they started having like halfway through the show near the end? <laughs> I guess it was like two thirds of the way through when uh, Ak- Akio, yeah, Akio. brother. Uh, showed up because that's when the car started showing up was when he showed up pretty much. So. Oh, so it's even hinted in the anime you're saying maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't even pick up on that. I'm just like, holy shit, they turned Utena into a car, but this seems iconic. <laughs> like, this really is like, and uh, listen, I, I, I'm a cis straight white male, so I'm, I can't exactly comment on this stuff, but I do feel it's fair to say in a series that's all about subverting gender norms and I don't think necessarily trans themes were at the forefront of the creators when they were making this. But again, the fact that Utena can literally become whatever the fuck she wants to be and what she chooses to be is a car. I think you, there's definitely something to that. Uh, That's, I can see that in a sense. Yeah. You could yeah, interpret it in that way. Yeah. I mean, she's, you know, the whole show is about freedom and liberation and, uh, the but fact did that she choose to be a car? That's, I guess, I my thing. Fu- I'm like, oh, I think she chose. I mean, I know we see the car wash and it technically absorbs her, but no, I think like the, the point of this is Utena is breaking all the rules and uh, her rules are going even beyond gender. It's, or even uh, or beyond human speech. Or beyond a human body. She's like, fuck it, I'm going to be a car. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> no, I'm just for real. trying to save Anthe, I guess. That makes sense. But and, but and here's the here's the great part though because she is a car, 
So anyways, a key manifests in Anthe's hand, and she tells Utena, let's go into the outside world. This, this is the whole point oh, of the yeah. movie. Yep. Anthe is taking more agency. Anthe is the one piloting, controlling Utena. Anthe is the one in charge. Yeah, that's true. Utena is the vessel. She's never been in charge, so that's good. Yeah, Anthe is the one. It's Anthe's story. She's taking complete agency, and Utena is obviously doing the best she, thing she can by becoming uh, the coolest vessel <laughs> possible. Uh, it yeah. was a pretty cool car. It's a pretty dope car. Um, now, they have to go into the outside world, and it turns into wacky races for the last 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> uh, Shiori, she tells uh, Utena and Anthe, she says, it's a big mistake to think you're the only one who can turn into a car. I'm a car now, too. <laughs> isn't that just great dialogue uh, right there oh uh, it was such good writing such good writing and shiori she immediately crashes after declaring she is the only one deserving of escaping to the outside uh this and as true. utena and anthe are hunted down they're rescued uh by shiori and company because yeah i guess uh oh no she's not they're not rescued by uh shiori fuck no it's jury and miki and is toga there too i'm trying to remember it's jury miki sayonji and wakaba who are the the best of the well i guess sayonji kind of sucks and even sayonji makes a gross comment uh, <laughs> but they're like you're this is you're being saved by friendship <laughs> you're being saved by friendship but even he's just like oh oh anthe i'm still gonna get your hand uh when i escape don't you worry yeah <laughs> See, even in his, like, hey, at least he's honest with himself and everyone else. You know, he's keeping he's keeping true to who he is. <laughs> Which is uh, a big old creep. A big old creep who I guess isn't a full-blown rapist like Akio. He's like, <laughs> I'll hit on true. you. I'll hit on you and make you feel uncomfortable, but I'll at least let you say no and then I'll back off for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the lesser exactly. of two evils, I suppose. Um, but you know, listen, I'm a sucker for a good, uh, power of friendship moment. And I do love this moment where they're just like, Hey, Uta and Anna <laughs> and Anthony, we're going to save y'all. Um, so as they run headlong into danger and they're nearly being crushed to death, Akio confronts them and tells them to return to the closed world where they can become a living corpse. They say in unison, grant me the power to revolutionize the world as their naked bodies glide across <laughs> the road. And again... There's no fucking subtext here. I just love that it's the bottom of a car and they're just naked holding each other. (laughs) And making out. That's great. And they literally say... Casual Tuesday. Just a casual Tuesday, literally gliding on a road on the frame (laughs) of a a car. In a dystopian, like, fucking world that's, like, all... God, it's like all gray. Like the colors yeah. completely change in this. It's fucking it's Mad like... Max. They're uh, they're just yeah. Naked. It's a hundred percent. They have no clothing. They have no supplies. Yeah. All they have is the remnants of a car. Uh, good yeah. luck for their survival. They just have themselves and their own mother's milk. <laughs> you, you know what? They're 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 gonna have a nice meal. They're gonna have a nice meal. I'll say that. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you knew what you were getting into when you chose to go. Oh, hey, when you you make a reference, I gotta I gotta keep going with the references. 
that's that's uh adolescence of utena uh riding into an uncertain future uh with the power of uh you know her girlfriend at her side and yeah uh does any of this uh make quote-unquote plot sense no who gives a fuck we're all fully into metaphor <laughs> and guess what it's beautiful i think it's an awesome ending it's a lovely ending yeah I don't get how I got to there, but I love it, you know? I love I think, the ending. I thought the imagery throughout the show was very well done. Um, did I get all the images? No. But it doesn't matter. It was still beautifully done. And, I mean, and it I think, ended so nicely. And, hey, it's it's a much more satisfying ending than the one where uh, Utena loses uh, for rejecting heterosexuality. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I hated that ending. I was but, getting so mad just through the show. Like probably in the last like half of the show, I was like, I hate this. It's just the same shit over and over. They're just fighting and losing against her. Like, wh- what is gonna change in this? And then, uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, clearly they. I mean. I know, obviously, the vision of this show uh, seemed to change throughout the production, as we know, the fact that they were getting into fights uh, throughout it. But I still think when you watch it uh, with the full context of the anime and the film, like it does track mm-hmm. the fact that Anthe does end the show being liberated and gets to be the one to take full agency in the movie. Like That's a character. Oh, yeah. That, that's a beautiful arc, if anything. Um, Absolutely. It is more interesting than just Uteno straight up winning and Anthe continuing to be the, the mild mannered person. I think the fact that again, yeah. the fact that Utena becomes the vessel uh, that Anthe pilots and it's a true cooperation of these two rather than, you know, one side being more dominant than the other. Fuck man. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect relationship right there. Well, Utena never wanted that too. Like um, she wanted Anthe to speak for herself and do her own thing. So it's a. It was well done in the movie, as opposed to it not really happening at all in the show, that much at least. But yeah, which that's was the so point. frustrating. <laughs> but again, like like now you have the context. So is that does that frustration still remain, or do you understand that? Yeah, this was uh, what they were going for, effectively. You know, the the point like, and counterpoints. I, I definitely understand. It, I think it was just so much of a drastic difference of just like watching the show and slowly getting fucking bored and border and more bored <laughs> as I was going on. And then I'm like, okay, I'm excited to watch this film. And then I was like, wait, they're kind of going through the whole thing again. Wait, what's happening? Wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? That was me the whole time. Um, I mean, I wouldn't I mean, recommend. I wouldn't recommend this, but I do feel uh, you could cheat and maybe just watch the second half of the film right after Utena loses at the end of the anime. Do you feel you could kind of, or I maybe feel even... like it, I just hmm. would say don't watch the show. <laughs> well, no, I think you have to watch the show to understand because again, the the film builds on your knowledge of what happened in the show, even if the continuity is uh, obfuscated by uh, what they're doing. I think you have yeah, to. Yeah, I guess so. I I mean, I got confusing at one point when it went from just them like sword fighting to them like being in these cars and then like 
they were just racing around the track where they used to be fighting, fighting with swords. And then, <laughs> I don't know, it was very, it was a lot. It was a lot. It's- and also, like, I felt like it wasn't, it was almost like they didn't uh, know where to go. So they just kept doing the same thing over and over. Um, I don't know. I feel I, like I... you should pick certain episodes and then well, it's kind of funny. Movie. Well, it's kind of <laughs> funny because I, having read the manga, the manga is more straightforward plot-wise. Uh, the TV show, I went, and again, this is where our, our buddy Malcolm and I would talk about. It. Um, there's episodes <laughs> of Utena that feel more TV-like that uh, don't move the plot and are just like weird one-offs. Uh, again, pretty much everything. Yeah, like not the cow. The cow episode, which I fucking love, man. I'm, I'm that was a great. That was a great episode. episode. But that's the thing, like Nanami, a character who is in the uh, the TV show a lot, and again is not mm-hmm. present at all in this film. She's not present at all in the manga. That's the example of where the show balances between the more serialized stuff with Akio and the whole print story versus just doing weird one-offs with the side characters. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously, if you're watching the show for the first time, you could get bored. I think even I was bored the first time. And just being like, yeah, where's this plot going to get to? Uh, what's going to happen with the whole Rose Bride story? Again, I think if you rewatch it, you can appreciate what they're doing because you know what the intent is and you mm-hmm. know what it's building up to. Yeah, that makes, that's true. Yeah, you can appreciate the silly stuff because now you're, you're not anxious to get to the plot stuff because you've already you already know where it's going to go. So you can just enjoy the silly one-offs with the weird characters. That's that how I see sense. it. And again, this this movie is highly rewatchable because it it does not make oh, yeah. sense. <laughs> I I need to rewatch it. I think I think I was just so shocked from how much I was not expecting it to be so I guess drastically different in so yeah. many ways that I was like, what the hell is going on? And then like having my brother also watching it with me, and he was like, wait, can you explain this? And I was like, I don't think I can. I don't think I can explain what's going on right now. I am lost myself. Yeah, and I'm coming from this, of course, as someone who's watched the series years ago and is now re-watching the movie, and I'm like, oh yeah, I get this. I finally get it. Because I have, <laughs> had, I have had time to process it, for one thing, as opposed yeah. to you, where you had like a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't even have... I just watched the show like... Oh, yeah, shit. When, when it was two days ago or something. Okay, there you go. So you've had even less time than a week. Uh, Meanwhile, I've been like, oh my god, I can't wait to prepare this podcast. Can't wait to do (laughs) Tenna. Been waiting forever to do this. Um, Anyways, I think before we get into final thoughts, let's go to our favorite segment. Cue the music. Oh, Um, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) What is your favorite character? <laughs> sorry. Yes. There we go. We're not doing the. I'm sorry, folks. There is no Speedwagon theme. That was it. Uh, oh. A special theme, courtesy of Raylan, for a very special episode. Uh, the Speedwagon is uh, our favorite supporting character, or really just any character of this weird fucking movie. Um, I want to say Naname because she's my favorite character in the anime, but we only see her for a second. This is true. I'm going to go with Toga because I do like how they recontextualize that character. I think, again, he's the least bad of the Academy crew. He's also dead, which is a bummer. 
Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Pour one out. Pour one out for Toga. Um, but I liked it. I like the fact that there is like a noble character who isn't just a fucking shit of the Academy crew and also was doing the right thing because the Academy crew characters are so flawed and frustrating. And again, uh, there are two oh, blue haired yeah. twins who are having sex with each other and they are destined to always have sex <laughs> with each other. According to the manga. Yay. Incest everyone. Um, uh, a lot fucking... of, it was wild how much was in the show. And then in the movie, they're just like, let's talk about it just a little. And the, a little. <laughs> I think really, I'm coming. I'm coming off the shock of reading the manga sequel, where they're like, "No, oh, God. we've done. We've got. We've had 20 years to process these thoughts, and we're still going to double down on the incest." So I'm like, Lord. "That's a choice." Even Sayonji, 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 who remains a piece of shit in the manga sequel, but like a nicer piece of shit, like a piece of shit who's kind of like had some maturing. Even, even he gets the character growth, but no, nope, uh, incest <sighs> still remains uh, high stocks for incest in this world. <laughs> Anyways, oh. uh, Toga's, Toga's my speed wagon. Toga's a good lad. Uh, what about you, Rayland? Who's your speed wagon? Oh, God. Um, I really want to say that it's the main character, Utana. Like, I feel like, you know, it was that real she came into her full queerness and it was nice to see right off the top that she's got this short hair and she's hitting on gals like in a an actually queer way not in just like trying to be a tomboy kind of way you know it was very satisfying i'll, I'll let you have it we don't off i think the last time we we gave a lead character the speed wagon was uh way back when we did mob psycho when the lovely Lizzie uh, named Mob as her speed wagon. So there you go. Utina gets to be the second uh, lead character to, to become a speed wagon. And hey, we love Utina. She's uh, one of the greats. Truly, truly. I, and you know what? I'll also say so. Actually, going to take two points for her. I loved her as the first opening when you got to see her in that queer moment. So I won't do it as a whole for the show, but in two moments, it was that. And then when she turned into a fucking car, those were the moments <laughs> that brought me the most joy. <laughs> I mean, the, the car moments in, intended to give you the most joy because it is like, one of the <laughs> great. And I don't think people would say that uh, car Utana is the main character. I, I would say it would be a sub uh, character of Utana. And I think that is something we need to acknowledge and also support and love. <laughs> it, it, it's like how when you play Dragon Ball games and they uh, will count Go separate uh, Goku forms as separate characters. So like <laughs> Super Saiyan Goku is one character on the roster and Super Saiyan 2 Goku is another character. <laughs> Just so the game can say it has like 50 characters, it's like, yeah, but there's like 10 fucking Gokus on here. <laughs> oh, exactly that. It's it's the different choices of Yoshi when you're playing any um, Mario Super. Oh, yeah. Oh, and even even like recently, the the new Mario game, Mario Wonder, they're like, we have 12 characters, and it's like, yeah, eight of them are Toads. Fuck off. <laughs> Red toad, blue toad, girl toad, toad with a different hat. 
That's eight characters right there. Nope, it's not a color alt. It's just eight characters. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, uh, uh, I think Car Utena is certainly a uh, separate version of yes, Utena. Yes, thank is, you. Uh, I think it counts. Anyways, <laughs> final thoughts. Are we ready for final thoughts on Adolescence of Utena? I guess I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll let Raylan yeah, uh, have please. some extra time. This movie is fantastic. <laughs> Obviously, the first time viewing is, is going to be difficult for anyone because you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, you will certainly be questioning the continuity of this film, as we certainly did, and as it nearly extended this podcast uh, even longer than it should be. But hey, at the end of the day, uh, just fucking embrace it. Like it's it's a weird continuity, and don't worry, we'll get into the rebuild of Evangelion movies someday, which uh, make this shit seem easy. <laughs> if you thought this, if you thought this was confusing. Oh my god, man. Um, <laughs> You know, they just they did the rebuilds of Ava's and they're just like, hold my fucking beer. We're going to make. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, this is such an important film. And like, again, the queer anime canon. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. also just, yeah, it's it's weird. It's gorgeous. It, it takes the subtext of the anime and is like, fuck this. We're making this as explicit as possible. <laughs> True. Although I, I I should note uh, when I told my my buddy I was watching this movie, uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm watching this like uh, what is it? Uh, iconic lesbian anime film, and you know he he gets the hots for it. And he's like, oh sweet, I'm gonna check it out. And he looks up the character designs, and he's like, this isn't hot. I'm like, yeah, well, it's, it's like I don't want fucking weird girl characters. I want something uh, more geared towards his own taste. I'm like, well, it's you know, it's a different type of that. <laughs> this isn't for you. This, this isn't... isn't for you. It's for uh, the lesbians, the sapphic lovers. How how did you queers. feel about it? On, how did you feel about it on on that? The oh gosh, um, the queerness in me was so satisfied. As much as I was also thoroughly confused um, from how shockingly um, different. It was, uh, but I, I'm excited to rewatch it um, again because I get to, you know, see it for a second time and get to actually listen to the words yes. <laughs> and see everything for what it actually is. Whereas, like, I just was like, what is happening the whole time? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I got through the TV show so I could watch this delightful movie. I also have a bunch of queer friends that have actually just watched the movie alone and really liked it. So, you know, that says something. For how absolutely unhinged the show was, I have one friend, M who said that they love this movie and they have not watched the show and it is one of their like top favorites. So that just shows you it doesn't matter how fucking unhinged a show is. If it's a little bit gay, the gays will love it. <laughs> or should I say, uh, da, da, the gays will love it. Even if it's a, Little queer. <laughs> okay, I was a little off on that one. I mean, but... that that does make me really we happy. Can edit, right? We can... No, that's beautiful. 
I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm, I'm surprised it took you that long to mention that your friends had watched it too, because that's the other thing. Like this movie is 24 years old. So the fact that it does hold up as well. And again, like we said, it's kind of interesting too, that a lot of the queerness came from, uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe Ikuharu is uh, gayer than he lets on, but um, by all accounts, <laughs> a, a straight Japanese man in the 90s somehow managed to create this uh, incredibly important uh, piece of like the queer anime canon. Like, fuck, man, you got to yeah. give him props for that. He's an also, ally. <laughs> ally. Ally. Um, I will also say, too, that he did it in a way where, like, you know, for the queer, sapphic, you know, um, the females in this, like, a lot of them, their tits weren't out, too, which was, like, very satisfying to see that they're not, like, just a, a real more male perspective of a woman. I mean, yes, they've got boobs and whatnot, and they're still, like, extremely, quote-unquote, like, sexy-looking anime characters but they also like were more you know covered up than you'd see most other ones in my opinion except until the very end where like uh utena and anthony are completely naked although they they don't uh but we all any... wanted that we all wanted that okay there's, there's no we wanted there's... it you need a little bit of it you can't not have a little bit of titties and glitties you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying yeah, I mean, there's none of that. I mean, they're they're like paper dolls when you do see them. <laughs> <laughs> they also, yeah, they have no nipples. There's also no vagina in this thing. It's just like almost just silhouettes with skin color. Silhouettes with skin color. So <laughs> I don't know. That could be a name of a rock band. And you know what? If and if you need an edit, I'm sure there's an edit, uh, a more detailed edit on the internet, of course. <laughs> so there is that. <laughs> Oh my god. Um yeah, I think that concludes our Utena convo. I'm really glad you you threw that last part in. Um <laughs> which part am I referring to? I don't fucking know. Uh obviously the, <laughs> I'm talking about the queer support for it, of course. Uh, I'm really happy that yeah, this film does hold up with the friends of yours who saw it. But I think now we must conclude our Utena discussion. So Raylin, where can people find you? You find me on Instagram and TikTok at uh, Raylan Carson. And uh, also want to say I'm also doing drag now. And you can find my drag account uh, on Instagram at Manly Nip Kiss. Manly Nip Kiss. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, you can find me as always at Jack is Jack on Instagram. Only real Jack M on Twitter. Find at is this anime pod on Instagram. And thank you so much, dear listener. Um, we we had a good solid growth this year with the podcast. I know Woo! this was the year I, I unfortunately I had to just be like, okay, we're only doing one episode every two weeks just because of my own work schedule. But we still kept it going, and I think the quality of episodes has has been maintained, and maybe is even greater because I'm not as stressed and I can actually just pick yeah. this up, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> I love quality that. quality stuff like this. So you know, <laughs> top quality, baby. What are we going to cover in here? the new year? <laughs> what are we going to cover in the new year? Uh, I don't know. We're still figuring it out. Uh, I really do want to cover uh, the Scott Pilgrim anime, but we're still looking for someone for that. Uh, oh, so stay tuned.
Have you watched the Scott oh, yeah. Pilgrim anime? Oh, it's fucking good, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. Are, 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 I didn't, but I'm excited to watch it now. <laughs> I'll look um, into what, it. I think I've heard about um, it because you of you. I think you have told yeah. me about it. Yeah, and also, I mean, I mean, I think also look forward to uh, the next Jujutsu Kaisen episode we do. I think we're going to have to cover oh! the, the current arc. Have you been watching that? Have you finally been catching up? No, I have not caught up on that. But so I will say good. I've been watching. I'm sorry. I've been watching no. the Furion. Uh, and I'm all the way cut up with that one. Which one? I Hopefully I'm saying it right. Furion? Oh, Freerin. Freerin's been fantastic. Free, Freerin, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Gets uh, that's I also like a show. It's very that, uh, cute. It's very cute, but then there's also I'm part of the freer and like uh, algorithm now, I guess, on Twitter. So the, the, again, that's a character. It's cute, but then like anytime the character says something even a mildly bit horny, uh, the fan base <laughs> just goes wild. And it's again, it's like when she, we, she when she does the scene where she like blows the guy a kiss, like, oh my God, the fan base just fucking exploded <laughs> over that. I love it. It's Classic. so, it's so chaste and wholesome that it, it, it does the opposite. And you know what? Yeah. She's over 300 years old, so it's fine. Oh, absolutely. She's age appropriate. <laughs> that's a fantastic show. But yeah, that's a fantastic show. We're certainly going to cover that at some points. Um, yeah. Anyways, thank you so much, dear listener, for the growth. Uh, we'll see you in the new year, and we hope you had a great Christmas. Yeah. Bye. Bye.